to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, friends. I appreciate that you are watching already our broadcast of tonight. And we are here in Victory Church, Odessa, Texas, for our viewers all over the place. We are very happy to, to know that you are here today. And um, all right, we will start our... <laughs> our program today by reading the scripture and uh, we have a terrific long <laughs> passage today based on the chapter 19 of the book of Genesis and our pastor is going to read all of it <laughs> go ahead from the verse <laughs> 1 through 29 so let's start the well, reading thank you here we go <laughs> the e that evening the two angels came to the city of Sodom Lot was sitting near the city gates and saw them. He got up and went to them. He bowed to show respect and said, Sirs, please come to my house and I will serve you. There you can wash your feet and stay the night. Then tomorrow you can continue your journey. The angels answered, No, we will stay the night in the city square. But Lot continued to ask them to come to his house. So they agreed and went with him. Lot gave them something to drink. He baked some bread for them and they ate it. That evening, just before bedtime, men from every part of town came to Lot's house. They stood around the house and called to Lot. They said, Where are the two men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us. We want to have sex with them. Lot went outside and closed the door behind him. He said to the men, No, my friends, I beg you, please don't do this evil thing. Look, I have two daughters who have never slept with a man before. I will give my daughters to you. You can do anything you want with them, but please don't do anything to these men. They have come to my house, and I must protect them. The men surrounded, the men surrounding the house answered, Get out of our way. They said to themselves, This man Lot came to our city as a visitor. Now he wants to tell us how we should live. Then the men said to Lot, We will do worse things to you than to them. So the men started moving closer and closer to Lot. They were about to break down the door. But the two men staying with Lot opened the door, pulled him back inside the house, and closed the door. Then they did something to the men outside the door. They caused all these evil men, young and old, to become blind. So the men trying to get in the house could not find the door. The two men said to Lot, Are there any other people from your family living in this city? Do you have any sons-in-laws, sons, daughters, or any other people from your family here? If so, you should tell them to leave now. We are going to destroy this city. The Lord heard how evil this city is, so he sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law, the men who had married his other daughters. He said, hurry and leave this city. The Lord will soon destroy it, but they thought he was joking. The next morning at dawn, the angels were trying to make Lot hurry. They said, This city will be punished, so take your wife and your two daughters who are still with you and leave this place. Then you will not be destroyed with the city. When Lot did not move fast enough, the two men grabbed his hand. They also took the hands of his wife and his two daughters. The two men led Lot and his family safely out of the city. The Lord was kind to Lot and his family. So after the two men brought Lot and his family out of the city, one of the men said, Now run to save your life. Don't look back at the city, and don't stop anywhere in the valley. 
Run until you are in the mountains. If you stop, you will be destroyed with the city. But Lot said to the two men, Sirs, please don't force me to run so far. You have been very kind to me, your servant. You have been very kind to save me. But I cannot run all the way to the mountains. What if I am too slow and something happens? I will be killed. Look, there is a very small town near here. Let me run to that town. I can run there and be safe. The angel said to Lot, Very well, I'll let you do that. I will not destroy that town, but run there quickly. I cannot destroy Sodom until you are safely in that town. That town is named Zoar because it is a small town. Lot was entering the town as the sun came up, and the Lord began to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He caused fire and burning sulfur to fall from the sky. He destroyed the whole valley, all the cities, the people living in the cities, and all the plants in the valley. Lot's wife was following behind him and looked back at the city. When she did, she became a block of salt. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and went to the place where he stood before the Lord. Abraham looked down into the valley toward the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. He saw clouds of smoke rising from the land, like smoke from a furnace. God destroyed the cities in the valley, but he remembered what Abraham had said. So God sent Lot away from those cities before destroying them. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Tired? No. <laughs> I want you to know that this Bible study, for you that are connected for the first time, is uh, based on the Bible timeline study, right? That we have uh, started, it, I believe, in July. I don't remember exactly the date. But today we are in lesson number 33. We are studying from Genesis all the way to the Bible. July 1st. July 1st we started Oh, wow, good memory. Yeah. Surprising. Yeah, it's right here. <laughs> and uh, so today we are reviewing this passage in the chapter 19 of the book of Genesis. So, folks, you know that usually we read just a small portion, right, of the scripture. But I want you to know that sometimes we are going to read more because the story is kind of long, like this particular one. So... That, that is the reason why we are reading all these verses. All right, so important notes here. If you remember, and we studied this in the chapter number 13, I'm going to read to you this, pas this passage. Lot looked and saw the whole Jordan Valley. He saw that there was much water there. Abram stayed in the land of Canaan. And Lot lived among the cities in the valley. Lot moved as far as Sodom and made his camp there. The Lord knew that the people, the people of Sodom were very evil sinners. We are reading now in Genesis 19, correct? But since the chapter 13, we know that Lot already was going in that direction. Get that. One chapter later in Genesis 14, we know that Abraham rescued Lot from his enemies. Do you remember that story, right? Mm -hmm. He went and fought and came back and rescued Lot. But obviously between Genesis 14 and Genesis 19, Lot came back to Sodom. And now was not outside. He was inside of the town. This is the first thought that I want to share with you, is that everyone will be where everyone wants to be. 
you are here today because you want to be here. And those who are in, in bad places are there because they want to be there. Everyone makes his own decisions. And you know what? It's sad because how many of us have friends or relatives that are in, in obscure places right now? Right in this moment, we know people and we can see their faces in our imagination and we know their names and we know that they are not doing the right thing. But the truth is, everyone will be where everyone wants to be. However, you pick your atmosphere. It's entirely up to you where you want to be. And I am happy to have you here tonight. It's good to have you here. But I think you are making a good decision. Every time you, you choose going to a Bible study or to worship the Lord in a church service, every time you choose staying home and watching good programs on TV, you are picking your atmosphere. Every time there are invites that come to you to go places where people are going to do all kind of things and you refuse going there, I think you are making the right decision. And sometimes, you know what? It is hard to, to, to do what is right. Sometimes it's easier just to go along with everybody. You know, everybody's doing wrong things, all kind of bad things, and we just think, why not? Everybody's doing it. I'll do it myself too. But we know that the consequences are always bad consequences. That uh, environment uh, where Lot <clears throat> lived obviously was an environment that was totally corrupted. Think about this idea that this man, even though he had a good intention to save the, the two visitors, did, did you pay attention when he said uh, to the people, you can't take yeah. my, my daughters? Did you read that? Yeah. What kind of man? will say, oh, here are my daughters. You can do whatever you want to my daughters, but don't, don't do that to this man because whatever reason he had. That tells you how his mind was already in a dark place. That is the reason why it's so important that you stick with the church and that you continue serving the Lord and you keep uh, pressing forward to do what is right and refuse going to, to, to what is wrong. Let's start with something as simple as our language. Simple as our language. If you are hanging out with people that are using poor language, bad words, and they constantly say certain expressions, you know what kind of expressions I'm talking about. If you are hanging out with people like that, what do you think you will start saying exactly what they are saying? And it's going to be in a, in a very smoothly way. You, know, you, don't, you don't sense it right away. But eventually, you are not just thinking those words. You say those words. And, and then it's not just language. It's behavior. That's why you pick your atmosphere. And you need to pick... The place where you think is the best place for you and get the good uh, influence for your life. I have a couple of scriptures that I want to share with you here. 
One is in the letter of the Apostle John, chapter number 5, the first letter, 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 through 17. Listen what the Apostle says to us, the church. Suppose you see your fellow believer sinning, sin that does not lead to eternal death. You should pray for them. But then God will give them life. I am talking about people whose sin does not lead to eternal death. There is sin that leads to death. I don't mean that you should pray about that kind of sin. Doing wrong is always sin, but there is sin that does not lead to eternal death. This is a very important concept that you have to understand because people think, well, sin is a sin. All sin is the same in the eyes of the Lord, right? Right. But there are consequences of sin, right? For instance, imagine somebody that decides to go into drinking at night and driving the car after it gets drunk. The consequences of being caught by the police will be tickets and you know the rest of the things that can come as a result of that, right? Because it was a wrong thing to do. He got caught. Boom. Consequences of that sin. But let's suppose it's another story. Let's talk since the, 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 the reading that we just reviewed talks about sexual sins. Let's suppose those people that are uh, very promiscuous and they are just hanging around with everybody, fooling around and some of them are interacting with individuals that have certain diseases. Well, the consequence of that is going to be terrible. That is what the Apostle is mentioning here. That there are sins that will have different consequences because there, is, there are some, some things that we do that are not right, that are, that are wrong. Therefore, there is a, it's a sin, right? But not necessarily the consequence is going to be death. So like the law, right? Think about this. It's not the same if somebody, let's say, steals something from the company and is captured in a video file showed, shown to the judge, that is going to be punished, right? Something the judge is going to determine about it. But the consequence of that is not the same if, if somebody is uh, caught by doing some awful thing like uh, murdering or raping somebody, right? Well, it, the law itself will punish people accordingly to the severity of the action. And that is something that we need to understand. Yes, nobody is perfect. I'm not perfect. You are not perfect. No one is perfect. Only the good Lord is perfect, right? And, and therefore, we all need the grace of the Lord, right? So we should aim for going to the Lord all the time, asking for receiving more of His grace. And Lord, forgive me, I have done this wrong thing. I, I feel bad about it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I just did it and I just said it and whatever, right? So we confess our sins, which opens the window for another important concept, which is confession, right? 
This is a uh, misunderstanding about uh, uh, among many Christians. They think that when they are quoting the scripture, they are confessing the scripture. That, that is not accurate. You don't confess the scripture. You declare the scripture. It's a declaration. You speak the scripture. You cannot confess the scripture. Why not? Because a confession is a declaration of something that you have done wrong. <laughs> you understand? When you go, when anyone goes to the judge for something that that person did, this person goes and, and then they are, okay, we want to hear the confession. Right? You understand? Therefore, confession is basically admitting that we did something wrong. But if, for instance, you are in need for a miracle of healing, and you are claiming Isaiah the prophet, and you say, by his wounds I am healed. I'm confessing the word. No, no, no. You are declaring the word. You understand? Declaring the word is you, you say the word out loud. We have the dashboard scripture, right? And you know it very well, Tommy. <laughs> Do you remember? So. Okay, do you want to say it? Um, the Lord will protect me from every danger. The Lord will protect my soul. The Lord will protect me as I come and go, both now and forever. Psalms 1, 21, 7 and 8. Very well. Well done. What is that? It's a declaration of the scripture. You see, that's not a confession. Now, the Lord is... Uh, always expecting that we are willing to confess our sins in His presence. So we should be able to come and say, Lord, I, I am sorry for what I have done. I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't want to, to say that. I didn't mean to, to do that. But I am here to confess. And that is something that we all should do verbally. I am encouraging everybody all the time, say your prayers out loud. Listen to this concept. The more serious that you take the Lord, the more serious that you take your prayers with Him, the more serious He will take you. Do you see that? If you take your prayers, just like a telegram, text message, thank you God, send, you know, the Lord, the Lord will not reject that prayer. Of course He won't. He will say, okay, you, you send me another prayer text. Thank you. That's it. But if you take it seriously, meaning you sit down, you take your Bible, you read the Bible, and then you speak the words. Communication is important. It's more important than you can imagine, friends. It's so important, your communication with the Lord, with everybody, but especially with the Lord. So, here in 1 John chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, we understand now that this scripture about different kind of levels of sins and their consequences makes sense. Makes sense. However, we all are guilty at some point. What is what we do? We come... And we confess our sins in the presence of the Lord. Now, imagine this. You have a, an incident with somebody, with somebody, whatever, right? 
whether it's your coworker or your relative or whoever, and you know you did something wrong. So, and then you want to apologize, right? What is the wrong way to apologize? Is to say, I wanted to tell you that I'm sorry for what I said, but the truth is, you told me this and that. That is a wrong approach to apologize, right? Because it's not, there is no apology there. It actually is a slap in the face of the other individual. I'm going to tell you the reasons why I, I am upset, and I'm going to slap you one more time. You see, that's not the way to apologize. If you want to apologize, you will ap approach the person and say, listen, I want to apologize for something that I said, for something that I did. I want to tell you that I am sorry for this. I don't think it was right what I did. And I hope you can forgive me. That is the right approach with a person. Well, why will not us apologize in that way to the Lord? We sit down, we have the Bible, and we say, Lord, I want to apologize for what I have done. I'm sorry, Lord. I know, I, I acknowledge what I did was wrong. And you know what happens when we do that? We are forgiven one more time, and we experience that forgiveness that we all need, right? Communication. We need to improve our communication in our relationship with the good Lord and in our relationship with each other, in our homes, in our church, in our uh, workplace, with whoever we do business. It is so necessary to improve our communication. Respect, respect is such an important thing. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, is the last scripture that I have for you tonight. The law says we are under a curse for not always obeying it. But Jesus Christ took away that curse. He changed places with us and put himself under that curse. And that is the message of the gospel. For us believers here in the church, we know that and we are so happy about it but for our viewers we just want to encourage you to open your heart my friend open your mind to this important truth that will change your life entirely now and forever is that regardless what you have done in life there is hope in the name of Jesus because he took your place when he allowed the Romans to crucify him he decided to become a curse, take the curse, to wash away our sins, your sins. And that salvation is available to you. It costs you zero. You don't have to pay anything. And I'm not going to ask you to do anything other than open your heart. Now, if you are thinking, well, how can I open my heart? I can open my shirt. <laughs> what is the meaning of opening my heart? I will tell you what is the meaning. Let's suppose that for whatever reason, I am invited to come to your home. Imagine I'm there with a friend. Somebody takes me there. You know this friend. Let's suppose James is your friend. So James says to me, Gian, let's go and visit this guy. So we come there. You know James. And hey, James, how you doing? James introduced me to you, right? So you say to me, nice to meet you, right? <laughs> and you shake hands with me and the normal, let's get to know each other, right? 
But during the whole time that I'm there, let's say 10 minutes, that James is doing something with you, whatever business they are. I'm there, and you, from time to time, look at me, but you look at me with uh, skepticism. You don't look at me with good eyes. You are just doubting. What in the world is this guy doing in my home? Who is he? What does he want? You're wondering, right? You have your conversation with James, but you're looking at me with those eyes. But suddenly, you look at me, and I say something to you, and then you just drop that wall, destroy the wall between the two of us, and you allow me to connect with you. In that moment, you opened your heart to me. Do you understand? Friend, that you are watching or listening, I want you to know that when you open your heart to the Lord, the miracle of salvation is about to happen to you. And things are going to be so wonderful to you. Things that are going to transform your life forever. And that is the reason why we are here in this church. The reason why we exist. The reason why I live is to proclaim this message that in the Lord Jesus Christ there is hope no matter what you are going through. You know, in this passage that we just read, the people were horrible in that town. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel like you are an awful person, that there is no, nobody that will ever accept you or like you, that you are like an outcast. Perhaps you feel that there is no hope for you, that your life is a disaster and you will never be on track again. Or maybe you are thinking that your financial situation doesn't have any future, your career, your marriage, your health. I want you to know that in the Lord Jesus Christ, there is hope for you. No matter how difficult the situation that you are living, it could uh, present to you into your eyes. The good Lord is the Lord God Almighty. And trust in the name of Jesus. Open your heart to him. And that is what we are hoping for you. And uh, with that being said, I want you to know that here in Victory Church, there is a place for everybody. And we hope to see you here one of these days. Remember, seek first the kingdom of the Lord and everything else will be added to you. Have a wonderful night.